You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads from the eye of the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go! Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast. It is the tape review from the Seahawks-Giants game. Obviously, Seattle won this game, and it is a pretty dominant tape display that we're going to be reviewing. The tape matches the final score. Griff, how good was this? Uh, all in all, it was, like, really good. Um, if there is still, like, you know, they got lucky here a little bit, like, lucky there. Could have been worse, maybe if they faced... Sure. Like an elite offense, they would have still had a good day, but not this dominating day. But I think that's, again, the lesson because, you know, uh, if if you're going to face an offense that didn't have its best day and you utterly dominated it, you know, from the, from a, a um, sense of like relativism, um, then that's that's what you can do, right? Whereas you could have had the same performance on your side of it and they could have played better. And that may only meant scoring 20 points. And scoring 20 points in 2022 is n- not good, right? Um, so that's that, that's how I view it. Um, now, and also, I'm, I'm forgetting, they they had a touchdown off of a, a uh, turnover inside the five-yard line. So th- that's the other side of it here, if we're just talking strictly defense. But um yeah, it was. It's just more of the same. Like the, this team, the defense turned a corner. However good they really are, like at this point, at this point in time, like who cares? They are significantly better than what they were, and it's a combination of like we said from that Saints game. Like they've, even though that that game wasn't great, they found a new. They didn't find a new identity. They found an old identity, which is really just tweaks, right? But they you know the devil's in the details they they rallied around um what has worked for them in the past and it wasn't that expensive for them to transition back into because there was already so much overlap right between what seattle did last year on defense and what sean desai and carl scott were doing you know so it it was really seamless for them um so it's, it's really cool to see that um and then of course 
outside of scheme, the, the, the younger guys just get better literally every single week. Like Mike Jackson now is joining the, the chorus of one of the impact players at the moment, you know, instead of just hanging on, like he's legitimately becoming an asset to them. So, um, uh, really good stuff. And the offense is showing they can get it done more than one way, you know, wasn't the best showing on the ground and, and they, they still, they even had some drops that could have been big plays and they still managed to move the ball fairly well. So, they're a really strong team and the giants, even though I said, you know, the giants didn't have the best day or like, what does it mean if you face a dominant offense, they were a top 10 offense coming into this game mm. with a, I think a top close to a top 10 defense. So with, with caveats, but anyway, <clears throat> how about, how about you? What are your general impressions? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that there was like a few, you know, kind of let-offs where all oh, the coverage, there was a slight bust here. Uh, and there has been in past weeks. I think, you know, when you're having complete defensive performances, heck, even the Legion of Boom, right, there would be a mistake or two. But when you're playing so dominant, besides from that, when you, you're getting consistent pass rush, when you're showing good coverage looks around that and all this sort of stuff, you can kind of get away with it. It obviously helps. Uh, hopefully... You know, it's like one or two a game. I think kind of defense is difficult, and that does just happen. And there, an element of luck never hurts, right? For and, sure. And so I think the Giants actually didn't have a bad game on offense. I felt they came with beaters. They came trying to get uh, Seattle's nickel in the run rather than, you know, the, the, uh, the, the strong safety. They came, you know, trying to... Uh, test them with difficult formations with their run game they came with nasty kind of post rule beaters they came with nasty kind of play action beaters and Seattle just answered in every respect and their defense is playing with the confidence and executing with the confidence and execution is always the biggest thing right like Like they weren't executing well at the start of the season. Why was that? Don't think they were put in the best positions necessarily, but also the players weren't getting it done. Now they're being put in better positions and the players are getting it done. Yeah. And so it's, it's beautiful Seahawks defense. Yeah, really. I mean, it's to what you're just saying, it's like before it was each element, the execution side and the coaching side, negatively perpetuating one another, negative feedback loop. And now that they've made some tweaks, now it's a positive feedback loop. Right. Like they literally have. Right. Yeah. It's, and, yeah. And the cool thing about this is not to pat us on the back and not to pat you on the back, which um, I'll sort of get to why that is. But well, we how about saw... this? How about this? So that it's mm. so that we can maintain the veneer of modesty. I'll pat you on the back and then you pat me on the back. Yes. So that like it doesn't seem like we're doing pats. it to ourselves. Yeah. Like sure. um, like Gorbachev's uh, kiss, you know. I don't know that one. Oh, you should look that up. Anyway, let's not get sidetracked. But uh, well, we did, you saw this coming, right? I saw, in fairness, and now I was also hedging. But also but I, for the sake of good podcasting and also uh, for the, the zeitgeist, I tried to kind of push back on that. But you, we could both see the signs were coming, the defense if they made the tweaks, if they made the adjustments, would get there. Now they've done that, and lo and behold, they've got there. 
So there isn't any reason really to think that they'll regress from this point other than, you know, the unfortunate things of football like injuries. Um, now, one thing we should say is, I guess, the tendencies have changed in the past few weeks and perhaps offences will adjust. This coming week against Arizona is going to be a big one because obviously it's the second time these uh, sides have faced each other this season. And the first Arizona game was the first game where the defence really got their stuff together, really lent into the bare front techniques of like yesteryear rather than uh, Fangio-style tight front techniques and, and play style. And so maybe we see something different. But really, I don't... Am I, do you agree? Like the defence should be able to keep this up? Perhaps not to this level, but, you know, they look sorted for the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when your structure is that sound and you're playing that confidently, how, however you ebb and flow throughout the season, I feel like it's just going to be like individual matchups just getting the better of you here and there. Maybe the occasional like really nifty formation and, and route combination gets them or something, you know. But beyond that, like I can't foresee a structural breakdown. Now, after the Packers game last year, because that was the Packers game was the crescendo of them riding the ship, right? After that Rams game, you had the Jet the the Steelers game, Saints game, and Jags game where they played really good defense. And then you're wondering, well, those aren't real offenses. And they play the Packers and dominate the Packers offense for three and three quarter quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Until the very end of that final drive. And then that was followed up by the Cardinals game. And they just completely, you know, wet the bed with Colt McCoy under center or behind center. So it's like that didn't that did that didn't feel that game didn't feel predictable in any way. It just happened. And this kind of goes back to well, maybe they made coaching changes not because they're rejecting a philosophy, but it's more like a performance review within the philosophy. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's just randomness, but I I. I there's no indicators with how they're playing right now that they're going to revert anywhere near to what they did, you know, in the first five, four or five weeks of the season. So yeah, I don't, I don't think they will. Good, good. So diving deeper into the the defensive game plan, um, it kind of seemed like the perfect deal for stopping the giants with then inbaked adjustments for how uh, New York and, Danny Dimes had had come to play in Seattle. Um, yeah, except that by adjustments they they well on the so do you want to start with like the run, sure. the run. So the the bare odd spacing tight whatever is the meta right defensive meta. So the way that and it the the premise is that it clogs up classic zone running right because um, all those interior bubbles are erased by bubbles. We mean interior gaps that are not covered by defensive linemen so and that's the the literal soft spot on the front so you run to there so outside zone inside zone usually doesn't get much traction against those those fronts right so naturally the the change up is then to whatever side you put the tight end you've formed a c gap and then outside of him a d gap right then you run pullers to that side so gap scheme runs or maybe the occasional pin pull thing, which is an offshoot of outside zone principles, but same, same idea. And the reason why is because, well, that's, there's a bubble there, but then it out leverages the linebackers, the second level fitters, and you can get a a free guy to the second level. And it's hard for the defensive line to scrape over on that offensive tackle to make the play in the C gap, et cetera. 
So naturally, they ran a bunch of that because Mike Kafka and Brian Dable are, are smart, um, are smart schemers. And in the past, like we said, and we said this in the reaction pod, when you're in bear, which they are right now, the C gap is a weakness. So Ken Norton Jr. would often um, he would slant into that C gap, or he would send a rusher into that C gap, like a blitzer, basically for like a run blitz. Um, or he would put the the three technique into kind of a four eye or a wide three to better let them kind of play and gain a gap and, and get into the play side play side C gap. Now that did happen this game, but yeah. what was really cool about this game plan or really lack thereof is that they had almost no changeup call to their bare fronts when they were facing this. They defeated it by just beating the crap out of them all day long and by playing really sound. Um, like the, the the defense alignment never lost a block. And the second level, they were scraping over. Even if Kobe Bryant gets involved, you know, being when he's, like you said uh, during the preview, um, when he's now the lever, the, the primary second level fitter, like the lever fitter, he has to get front side leverage on a 330 pounder. He gets in there, mixes it up. Jordan Brooks scrapes over a tackle. Ryan Neal's pulled through as the backside lever. He's getting front side on the tackle, making a play. It's like, they're swarming like piranhas right now. And it was just snap after snap after snap. I think they threw seven or eight counter runs at them. Yeah. And to the C gap and they got nothing out of it. Just amazing stuff. And they fit the run out of nickel, nickel bear. So, you know, you know what I found super cool was they were still able, like even with the pullers, even in the bear front. So with the C gap issue you're talking about, they were able to run their middle field open stuff to cover eight or cover six and yeah. still fit the run by using a cornerback force, like the cover two cornerback being the force defender and then tucking the outside linebacker into the C gap. But like all of these like little adjustments to the front, they were like locked in on and, and players were like capable of doing. I'm trying to find a, a good example here to to show you guys but but it's just it's just so encouraging that they're like coverage versatile out of this front um obviously you know ideally you want to be middle field close to stop the run still because you have the extra hat in the box but then they were able to get a corner up up there and, and contributing in that when they wanted to play too high stuff it's huge and and it works like they kind of bottled up barkley uh, he he was like a really good runner. Like he was kind of he, he was eking out yards. Yeah, he was being yeah. difficult. Uh, he was he wasn't just one cutting and going. Like he was dancing a bit if it was like a cloudy picture and creating stuff. They still they still held him. Yeah, basically nothing. They 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 took him out of the game basically. Yeah, I mean Ryan Neal was such an impressive box player this game. Like he is, he, he's a, uh, he's a corner convert. Like he's not, I mean, he's been a safety for a long time now, but I mean, he came into the league as a cornerback and that probably is why he's such a good, like press player against tight ends of the line of scrimmage. Right. But, um, not so great off, but whatever, not to get sidetracked, but like the fact that he's mixing it up in there, he looks like he's an undersized linebacker at times. I mean, that as a credit to him with the way he moves in the box. He's he's moving in the box like we could only have hoped Marquise Blair could have at one point in time. Yeah, um, and 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 like Brian, right? Like Kobe Bryant 
for instance, when they, when they came out with like a trips bunch formation to try then run at him with like a kind of pin pull on the edge yeah. and power, he managed to, if I just get this up, he managed to turn back the tight end and and make the play. Yeah. Like when, when he's not meant to make that play, like the offensive coordinator on, on the sidelines, like, yeah, okay, this is a great play. We'll get him here. And uh, Kobe Bryant here. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Got outside the pulling tight end and he ends up making the tackle for loss with yeah. Barkley on the toss play. Like everyone is playing really sound uh, football within the system. Um, yeah. And that yeah. should continue. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, we, uh, the, the the Legion of Boom days when a lot of those guys would talk about, like when they get interviewed before a game, like a primetime game or something, right? They'd say stuff like how everybody wants to get a hit because when someone gets a hit, everyone else wants to get a piece of the action. And they all like, we're all trying to not necessarily one up each other, but they all want the, the, the same cred, right? Like in the locker room and stuff. And they would talk about that fairly um, transparently. Like it's part of their culture. Yeah. Just not to not to project too much of our own fanboyism onto what we're seeing on the screen but everyone's playing like they want to like they're trying to stake their flag to like hey i'm here too so like there's just this there's this uh energy to to how they're playing that's like like they're all you know they're all trying to make a name for themselves so it's it's uh it's pretty neat um it's super neat that and like you hear like you know Shelby Harris spoke uh, this week about how the Saints came. They sort of uh, talked some things through. Ryan Neal mentioned how I think it was after the Saints game they brought back team meetings. DK Metcalf referenced the Saints game as a big moment for them. I mean, I think they've just locked it in as a group. And Carol, like this yeah. week, he credited the the players for sort of finding their, you know, that is up to them really, and they're getting it done. Like that's the big yeah. thing. And yeah. and like here, this is the play like where it's cover two on this side, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's this was an interesting one because it was cover two to the boundary and a tight end. Mike Jackson's the play side cornerback, uh, and they ran like a pin pull kind of thing towards him with Barkley from the gun, and he I think tried to they motioned from a slot formation uh in or shifted sorry from a slot formation into like this two by two set and he tried to i think tell boy mafe to you don't need to play in the c gap anymore you can bump out and be the edge setter in the bare front again but because it's so loud i don't think he heard him so rather than like 
you know, leaving him out to dry. He just was like, well, fine, I'll, I'll play cloud force, even though I've got a wide receiver on me. And he he showed up and they bottled this run up as well. Uh, to the top, to the, to the other side of formation, they played their cover four look. So, um, and but just really cool how they're getting, they're just getting it done. And I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fundamentals are better. Everyone knows what they're doing. It's, uh, yeah, um, it's it's good stuff. So that oh yeah, also the um, the the quarterback run game, right? Who, whoever the backside player was, I mean, they just snuffed it out right away, and they got into the alley. They, I think they had Cody Barton had a couple of plays out there. Ryan Neal had a couple of plays. Um. It's like wow, like they're all just firing off their key. Like there's no doubt in what they're doing, you know. Like no one's playing with any like, is this right? I think this is right. Yes. We saw, like we saw some of that. Like they're all playing with full conviction. And yeah, the big thing is like they're like there's sometimes that they'll they'll probably do something which isn't technically right. Like um, there was there was one play for instance where Brian and Irvin stayed uh for the quarterback and they kind of missed uh really I feel like Brian should have gone across because his two disappeared on a pull. He should have been like the backside lever on the run away and, and showed up a bit quicker uh to the to the handoff basically to the other side. But the big thing is they're like you said, they're confident and and they're if they're gonna take a shot or they're gonna make a play they do it. There's no hesitancy. They just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes such a difference in defense. Uh, it makes such a difference. So really exciting run defense. And I guess that theme of being correct continued to the pass game, right? Yeah. Um, they, uh, like you said earlier, the, the giants, like they have, they have, you know, quite the, quite the menu of, of under center play action concepts off of their, off of their under center runs. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even, even their gun runs, like they're very comprehensive. They have a pretty good scheme. Like you can see where if they just had like Daniel Jones, if they just had having, what? well, if they had better receivers, they have playmakers, but if, Daniel Imagine if they Jones, had Geno Smith Griff, if they'd been able to have a talent like Geno on their team ever in history, truly, Truly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's too bad the Giants have never had that in their grasp before. Mm. Um, they uh, so, but like, you know, name it like m- play like mesh off of play action with like dagger attached to it. Like that, that's that's just like that's nasty. Like, and and they're just faking sale. Like, 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 um, it doesn't look like a uh, a flood combination, and then it suddenly turns into one. Like, uh, yeah. if I just like and and mixing the distribution like to try and break middle field open like you have the one receiver run as though he's running across the field then he breaks out on the intermediate out you have the two receiver run the the deep uh, the deep route and then you have the backside receiver run like over the ball as well like (laughs) fiddling around with who runs the routes like really trying to mess with Seattle's matching rules. Like it's it's all it's all smart stuff. Like the coaching staff is doing everything they should be doing with what they have at their disposal. Right. Yes. Yeah. And Seattle just engulfed it. Like they enveloped everything like they were doing with like perfect tempo and timing. Like uh it was like they were ahead of the play. And 
I mean, what, what do you even say at that point? Like they're just Jordan Brooks is in the right spot. Kobe Bryant, well, he's in the right spot. Cody Barton, Ryan Neal in the right spot. Tariq Woolen, when he's playing a cloud, is like tempoing his steps perfectly, falling off, falling off of uh, say a number one, like a cloud carry in the cover two. So he's the flat defender. He'll he'll reroute number one and then just fall gracefully into the outcut of number two. And then, you know, Jordan Brooks will cap his will, will tailor the depth of his drop till he no longer has an inbreaking threat. When he's posting number three, he's always like perfect, like perfect to reroute that route, to kill that route, to help the backside quarter safety, you know, pair up with it. And then, you know, then he can go play the check down. It's just like, wow, these guys are these guys are perfect. And that's what they were last year. Last year, they did not give up any deep completions and they rarely gave up intermediate targets, um, you know, in the second half of last year. Yeah, roughly. And it's 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 another case of it. Um, so yeah, like like this picture that was the one here. Yeah, go ahead. Say what say what you're gonna say. Well, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but th- th- this was talk- you spoke about Woolen being able to fall off. Like this here, Woolen is on was on the cover four side of the play, and they they switched up who was running this like the the deep out route and motioned into it. So they're really trying to mess with Woolen. But yeah. he had the awareness to process the the two receivers on his side, process which of them was going deeper, understand that, okay, Quandre Diggs in his deep quarter is going to be able to pick up one of them. And then he managed to fall off to the shallower outbreaking route. Meanwhile, on the other side, to the cover two side, Cody Barton sunk brilliantly underneath uh, the, the threat on his side. And, and yeah. you have... Uh, uh, the quarter flat player on the on the cover four side, the outside linebacker Boye Mafe, he's ready for like the check down route on that side. So they're just like blanketing stuff. Like when Jones's back foot hits, everything is looking real cloudy to the longer developing cover four side, and then on the back side, the cover two is is blanketed it up. And like this is stuff that translates against any offense, um, any under center play action game, any play action game in general. Um, yeah. So really impressive. Now. What they did have a bit of issues with is the problem with running bare front, ultimately, which is that eventually you're going to have to have an outside linebacker, the edge defender, your Nwosu, your Mafes, your Daryl Taylors. They have to drop. Now, that's fine, and Seattle's been doing it in clever ways, but what the Giants did was a, a clever thing of uh, like a post-wheel kind of deal, Griff. And that did require some adjustments from Seattle. Yeah. I mean, whether it was cover three or half quarter quarter, I mean, the only thing, the only advantage they had was, was speed from their number two receiver on the speed of Seattle's outside linebacker. Now I think they only got a clean look one time where it was Maffei and Jones overthrew it. Otherwise it might've been a touchdown. Excuse me. Um, otherwise, like he had a couple of other targets, but they were really tightly covered. Nwosu on Barkley and stuff. Um, the Giants did this clever thing, and Carl Scott actually was mic'd up on the sideline, and they caught him saying it, how they're lining up one of their receivers at the tight end position, like literally, like why off or why attach stuff, and they're having him run a wheel. I think that's him right now. Yes, running this the is, wheel. Yeah. Yes. 
and it was it's just to manipulate Seattle formationally so that they can get this look, but it didn't it didn't work out for them. But then he said to the corners, and I think this is what you're getting at, Maddie, with the adjustment. He said told the corners to zone it, as in zone off. So right here it's cover three. We see Mike Jackson. He he his number one is 86 running that that under under route right now. Who's underneath Cody Barton? He's squeezing that because he's playing aggressive tight coverage. So mm-hmm. then later on they adjusted with Mike Jack or, or Tariq Wool no longer following um, and and having them just zone off and play their third to kind of alleviate the stress on that outside linebacker. Yeah, which is what Seattle used to do with when against certain splits with Pete Carroll. Like, it's the, it's the standard cover three answer. Because what I didn't realize about this Mafe play, and you, you'll all remember it because I think in the game, Mark Sanchez was like, oh, look at this. This was open. Daniel Jones missed it. Um, where was it? I, but I didn't realize this was drop eight cover three as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is but, another thing to talk about, though. It is. We'll, we'll get to that. But... Uh, that to be fair, like they they tried the wheel route a few more times, and Nwosu was much better at covering it than Maffei. Like Maffei had a kind of up and down kind of he's still uh, working things out kind of game. Yeah. Um. And I, I should have said about Woolen, he he was a, a defensive rookie of the month for the NFC. So, and he didn't really get thrown at this game. Uh, he didn't have much to do. There was a free key. Um completion that he allowed that looked like it was going to be a pick uh yeah. other than that uh kind of a dull day for him but well done to, fully deserved award uh, um so yeah the, the drop eight cover three stuff griff yeah so oh no no hold on how did okay. they adjust to the the other than that adjustment was there other stuff they did or, or was that it off memory i think they just lived with it and yeah. i think yeah, I think they just said just be ready for it, and they were ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so on that on that note, drop eight. So kind of with the theme, it, it takes us right back to last year. So you can be a good first and ten team and and defend the run well, and then don't let play action hurt you. Right, you know, don't give up stuff deep because. The earlier down it is, the, the more likely the offense is to take a shot. So on first and 10, with 10 yards to gain, you can just prioritize distributing your resources to defend the run or to defend, say it's under center, or to defend you know the, the deep ball and be competitive at the intermediate and stuff. But then naturally, the, the, the check down might be there, right? So if they, if they run you off deep, and then you got to rally and make the tackle, but you're okay with giving up four or five yards on first and 10 if it meant killing one of their shot plays, right? Because they're not yeah. going to run a shot play every single time on first and 10, right? No. Or even a more, you know, even a boot, which has lots of options. You can get six yards on a boot with, you know, hitting the lower read, right? Yeah. So there's that principle of it. You kind of call it a win if you only give up four or five yards, but even better in completion or a sack. But on second and five, second and six even, second and seven, second and four, that's where they could still run the ball, but they could still call a shot play by virtue of having a third down to follow it up with. Or if they hit that check down, now it's either third and one or it's a conversion, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a gray area. So it's a gray area, and it, it it's one of the hardest spots for defense to be in because you have to defend all levels of the field and you have the run-pass dimension going on at the same time. So... Seattle to 
to remain sound now so the stock answer of defeating this without doing anything special is to have a four-man rush so ferocious that you force the check down sooner so that the second mm-hmm. level can rally and make the tackle at one two yards right yes. or you you're for, so your four-man rush is so dangerous they keep the running back in protection and then the back seven can play seven on four instead of seven on five you don't have to worry about the running back right um so that's always the, the problem. So obviously early on in the season, I think the main reason why we saw, saw so much 2-4 or 4-2 nickel paired with two high is so that they could activate their four-man rush as much as possible, right? And obviously yes. that fell, fell flat, on, flat on its face. So this game, with how much bear they, they lived in, mm-hmm. whether it's base or nickel, um, they, they play their coverages at the second and third level perfectly but to defend the check down they just simply dropped an extra guy into coverage so that no matter what to what side the back release they could stay leveraged for it so now they're defending all three levels of coverage um the only drawback is now you have three guys rushing but you're pretty much saying forget pass rush we're just going to force daniel jones to hold the ball and run around and then we'll trust everyone to rally and uh and bring him down and that worked because how many coverage scrambles did they force this game Yep, yep. And and like, you know, the, the interior of three, there's less of an emphasis on having to go and contain. It's more just let's flush him out. Let's get him out of the pocket here. This is right. an approach that they've used and they used uh, against the Cardinals, right, against Arizona. And the, you do use against those sort of teams. The other beauty of it is if it's run, you'll never know it's drop eight because those guys are still the edge setters, the two extra guys dropping. Right. They basically drop into the flats of the defense and then rather than having the... Uh, the other guys drop curl flat. They just drop into the curl uh, and, and everyone uh, sort of fits off that. But so it's interesting as well because if you've got five guys down the line of scrimmage for like the more spread out formations, you kind of need to alleviate some stress by doing it. And you kind of like need to do it for like empty. Like this was a really early call like uh from Pete when he when he developed this defense right because of all the spread formations well we we need this kind of call in the system probably more than they needed like actual cover three like if you think about college football spacing as well yeah um and and what why he developed the defense to stop like the spread offenses and the scrambling quarterbacks and so you'll see this next week against Arizona too but uh yeah, a, a very cool element to the d- defense, and obviously it works uh, as as like a sort of change up call. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And, and sort of a none the wiser call where it's sort of sounder against the run still. Yeah, yeah, and and it goes without saying that their numbers against uh, their their second down numbers were really effective this game, um, and it was a tool that they used. I mean, like you said last year, but it was a tool that they used last year. They did a lot of drop eight, and their numbers on second down when they dropped eight versus when they didn't drop eight, um, or their their numbers last year when they rushed five or more, or rushed three or less, three or fewer compared to when they rushed four were night and day different um so it's statistically it's, it's very effective for them it may, it may not look pretty on, on screen because you know it looks like oh soft zone coverage or why are you dropping guys instead of letting them move forward but it's a situational tool that they have in their tool belt and it's it was really effective for them um and you know like this is very common in college football like as a as a cool like yeah. today like drop a as a you, you need it you have to do yeah. it and, and, and pretty good and like you said when you've got five guys on the line of scrimmage you have to use all the tools to your advantage that 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 spacing affords you so sometimes that means set rushing five sometimes that means dropping eight sometimes it means rushing four now um you have a timestamp for a good example of this Griff. i'm trying to um i don't have a time okay, don't worry I'll, I'll, I'll get on it keep talking anyway um ultimately for this game on defense daniel jones like we said in the recap and like as everyone's watched he, they, they didn't get anything going in the passing game until some kind of fluky third down conversions um late in the game there they they really only made one only one structural mistake that was when um jordan brooks so it was it was dagger and mm. to trips and jordan brooks has been posting three not carrying three that's where you kind of matches match that guy's depth and and put body on him like reroute him to a certain depth and pass him off to the quarter safety and the way brooks has been playing that he's been almost man turning with it and then like kind of like 360 back into the hole but when he turned with the route and saw that quandre Diggs was really low on the weak number one receiver because he's Diggs being the weak quarter safety versus trips he has to play he has to poach the number three receiver, meaning take him if he is running a post, or he needs to also play number one week if he goes vertical. So no, the, the number one receiver on the weak side kind of was low enough for Diggs to be able to roll over sooner, but he didn't. Um, and so when Brooks rolled over with that route to post him and then kind of bingo back to his original zone, he saw that Diggs was nowhere near there, so he ran after him. So that meant then Brooks trying to correct digs was now out of the window and Bryant had lost sight of the dig route from the number one receiver who had bent over him and he was trying to go play the check down. So that was just kind of, I mean, there were two, technically three people not doing what they're supposed to do. One of them was trying to correct the other's mistake, but that was really the only problem. And they, they had faced dagger earlier in the game and done just fine with it. So it really well. And, yeah. and then there's another play where Dagger looked like it was coming open, but 
I mean, Brooks was going to get there, but it was a slight, you know, there's, there's an inevitable window for it. And Bryant had come down from his, uh, I believe he was probably in the vertical hook, but maybe not. Maybe it was quarter flat play. Anyway, what helped there was the rush got Jones off his spot, prevented him from getting there. Here yeah. you can see the drop eight thing. So flat. Flat, those are both the outside linebackers. Curl, curl, middle hook, deep third, deep third, post third. And I'll 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 get up the, the play Griffin was talking about. But um yeah, I like you said, I, I think you know that there was probably a few minor mistakes in the run game where like on another day you don't know, maybe maybe it could hit for a, a bigger one, but Generally speaking, I mean it's quite nitpicky, isn't it? Uh, this yeah. is the this is the this is the play. Here we go. All right, that's probably a good spot to share my screen. This is the play Griff was talking about, where they 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 had the mistake. Now Seattle, as Griff was saying, there's disagreement over this guy. I think it's probably. Brooks assumed wrongly, and then be, it's a communication thing. But generally, they would not poach the the guy who's attached. But then that is a receiver, so then he's kind of speed at three, even though he was attached to the line of scrimmage. So again, they need to communicate a bit better. It's noisy. These things happen. This guy actually got wide open, but uh, no, luckily, look at the pass rush. Like this yeah. is a tight pocket. Like again, the pass rush helps. Shelby Harris's rush saved them a touchdown right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. Like, so we talked about how they're, they're getting the most out of their four man rush. So Bruce Irvin is the, is the rusher. And I think that's Maffei at the top of the screen. He's the dropper. So they've got four guys rushing. So Harris was the three, the near three technique to Irvin. So to give Irvin as much space one-on-one, he, he, stunts the a gap and then you've got i think is that al woods looping over him obviously yeah. Irvin doesn't win his rush but the point is is that even that stunt still helps because they're probably thinking half slide to Irvin's side they're not thinking that guy's going to rush inside him that three technique the guard isn't thinking that no so it just puts him in a tight spot and and in harris bull rushes the guard kind of shoulders him in right into daniel jones platform Jones has to sidestep it to his left, which he does, but that kills the chance of throwing the touchdown. Instead, he does throw that dig route. He was right on the 30-yard line there. And um, I don't know why Kobe Bryant expands. You know, they've been doing kind of a weird thing with their vertical hook player. They've kind of been like V-dropping almost, like like dropping diagonally. I don't know why he's not just running, kind of splitting, splitting the numbers in the hash like Ugo would more. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what the coach is. Sometimes he will, but sometimes it's like very much like he's almost like he's dropping like a buzzer. I don't really quite get it. Like in cover three. Um, cause if, cause if three to the flat to protect against flood, like I don't, Oh, I don't to know. push out. That makes sense. That well, makes it doesn't really sense. though. Cause you got cloud corner to you. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I think though, because if say you get like a, um, double sevens or something, Okay. So number two and number three both run outbreakers at different depths, and that pulls both the safety and the cloud corner out. 
then Kobe Bryant can at least he has to play top down on it then. But that's the only thought process I can okay muster from where I'm yeah. sitting. So Camden asks, um, why isn't the DB over him? Camden, I assume you mean this. Uh, well, it's because Diggs thought Brooks was going to play it. Brooks thought Diggs was going to play it. There's two ways of playing it. Either Brooks plays it or Diggs plays it. And one thought one, one thought the other. And yeah. that's why there's no DB over him. Uh, but really, I can see arguments for both because it's speed at three, where generally you'd have Diggs look to it and, and play it deep. But that three receiver was like a Y off, lining up as a tight end. Again, Carl Scott mic'd up. I need to watch that drift. But um it's good. He said how they were doing that. Um so you know, generally with a Y off, they wouldn't call tricks. They'd have Diggs play in the backside quarter, which is what he was doing, and not look to the front side and basically help double the one. Um and then they'd have Brooks just handle three up. And he can handle three up. Um, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. Two ways of playing. Uh, half court score to coverage. Indeed. Ooh. Anyway, and, and look, they call it middle of the field open for a reason because that's what can happen. Mm. Yes. So, all right. So, offense. The Seahawks offense. And firstly, before we get into the tape, Kenneth Walker, the third, is the NFC rookie of the month. And. A certain Geno Smith is the NFC Offensive Player of the Month, and he was very humble in his press conference and thanked, uh, gave it to Shane Waldron, his offensive line, the whole offense, the, the Seattle Seahawks. So that's cool. But um, good for Geno, good for Kenneth. How about this offense then, Griff? Is it is it still is it still popping? Um, yeah. Even though, even though they didn't have, you know, the biggest day statistically, it could have been a lot more. You know, you catch a couple more balls, yeah, and that were catchable. As I said on the the podcast with Ty yesterday, uh, Pete Carroll said it could have been four or five touchdowns. I said that in the post uh, game live recap, like it could, it should have been really for Gino, and like the fact Gino still won Offensive Player of the Month when really it's been like a. It's been like a few missed opportunities, not through his fault, but like there's been some near misses where you're like, oh, that was like almost a very nice touchdown pass, just out of bounds. I feel like, I mean, it's not been the worst uh, execution and, and like missed moments, but it's definitely not been the peak that it could have been. And we, we may see, we may see a peak. Yeah. 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 We might. I mean, they still have a perfect game in them. It just hasn't quite happened yet. Um, mm. so yeah, I, I agree. Um, this game was, was interesting because, and Shane Waldron said this in his press conference today, but he, um, he said that the Giants were a similar pressure team as the Cardinals. And obviously we know yes. the Cardinals game, they couldn't really get anything going to the second half. And that was when they put together, that's when they played, you know, heavier personnel and stuff, right? The, the 12 and 13 personnel. Right, this right. game, they kind of opened the game with heavier personnel. And that said, they still didn't have exactly an offensive explosion in the first half. 
Um, but when they did move the ball, it was mainly under center play action out of that 12 and 13 personnel. And mm. they were. And that's, and that's a fine line because then that brings guys that invites more blitzers and, and harder protection to pick up. Like, like for instance, one of the sacks of Gino where like they end up bringing like seven um, yeah. and, and you're, you've got a tight end on a, on a primary edge rusher. Cause that's how you protect that look. Right. Yeah, so no, for sure. Tough. So it, it it can help you, but it can also hurt you for the mm-hmm. same reasons. Um, so so it is tough. Um, now, but there were still missed opportunities in that first half, like that third and ten. Now you're in third and ten, so things probably aren't going well for you on early downs, right? If you're in third and ten, but that that corner ball to uh, to DK, where, where DK his arm was pinned, but I still think he. There are still some. I mean, I'm being too hard on DK. There are some receivers. No, that no, no. Bring I, that down. I well, like a, a certain Tyler Lockett, right? Like, I think. Yeah. I think I'm, he catches that. Uh, here's the here's the uh, play. So, it was a really good play from Gino, where if I just pause it, at the right the moment, throws he made when he had pressure on him this game were absurd. The other one where where Tyler is just out of bounds, and that was really tough on Tyler too. The fact that he makes the catch is incredible, but DK lets that ball go so early with the pressure right on him. And he, but to, to make it the timing work, he puts so much arc on it. And the fact that he placed it perfectly, like he's just dialed in. Um, but yeah, here's, here's the DK play. The, the thing is, yeah, DK got his arm pinned, but there are some receivers that know how to fight that off and not get their arm pinned. And they make that catch like, cause he gets separation credit to him, but then he can't like maintain it. It was perfect placement from Gino. And Pete Carroll ran down the sideline, like, literally miming, like, his arm was pinned. Yeah, and his arm um, was pinned. Like, ticky-tack, you know, like that that's letter of the law that should have been called. Um, uh, yeah. And, and look look at Blythe getting bull rushed. That was probably Blythe's worst rep of the game. He didn't have many. I wonder if that's when he sprained his knee. <laughs> That's possible. It looks pretty <laughs> angry right there. Look at Gino right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. The he works in crowded as heck pockets and gets um, it out accurately. He So re- remember how in the 49ers game, when when he was getting pressured, he wasn't able to put the full force into the ball, and even the mm-hmm. Falcons game a little bit? I'm, I'm seeing him accessing all of his power when he's – when he's not able to step into the throw the way he wants to in the past weeks. I don't know if it's an emphasis thing, but ever since that Lions game, he's been doing it. Lions, Saints, uh, Cardinals, Chargers this this week. And you know who it reminds me of? Just at the, 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 the throwing portion of it, and only that, not like all the processing and everything, although there are, there are some similarities, is Ryan Tannehill. The way Ryan Tannehill gets some throws off where he stands super strong in the pocket with guys yeah, right yeah. on him and, just, like and just rips it. Like, I have major respect for that aspect of Tannehill's game. Gino's doing that. Because Tannehill, because they're both uh, – well, actually, how tall is Tannehill? He's 6'4". Right, there you go. This works yeah. then. They both look kind of clunky and awkward doing it because they're, they're not like – they're slimmer quarterbacks, right? And it, it can look a bit weird, but it's they're ripping it. And, yeah. and they're in the tight space, and it, it looks claustrophobic, but they're ripping it. And, yeah. and they're accurate with it. It's a good uh, good uh, comparison. 
Yeah. So, O-line-wise, both tackles did really well. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Again. I feel like a lot of the issues were... I mean, this is a nasty as hell... Nasty as hell kind of defense in terms of, like, for the O-line. You want to avoid pure drop-back situations, and most of the issues were either in pure drop-back situations or, like, under center where, you know, you, you get the the play action and the, you get a pressure and it's a tough matchup, but like most, most of the pass protection issues that I saw were just a guard losing a two way go in, in a one-on-one in a pure passing down. And heck Gino can make that work still. Like he can step up inside step, uh, you know, some pressure if needs be, obviously he's not um, invincible, but his pocket maneuvering. The definite yeah. skill at the moment. So, yeah, what did, what do you see out of the offensive line? Um, I think that they protected well. I mean, I agree with what you said. Um, the they had a lot of issues in the run game. Like they could not move Dexter Lawrence or or Leo Williams. Um, and oh then also, my word, L- Lawrence is a well, both of a, them. Yeah, that that was unbelievable. Real stout stuff and just block shedding. Yeah, at really it, good times. And, and what's weird is that the Giants, surprisingly, they didn't actually have like their their opposing they were bad, success right? rate is poor. And yeah. I think, and the way I, I don't like maybe they have like internally they have really good numbers in certain fronts, and mm-hmm. you know with Seattle playing heavy and them probably maybe being a little bit more conventional with that, maybe like they actually perform better when they're more gapped out and fundamentally focused like maybe they actually have a good run defense inside them but they just schematically don't tap into it or something i don't know but i was especially impressed by the way the second level moved like like we talked about on the recap they made a lot of those last second tackles where it looked like uh walker probably had three runs where i think we all thought oh this could be one that he pops yep yep and then the the backside run through backside lever guy just comes through at the last second makes that shoestring tackle and it's like ah okay two yards three yards or four yeah they flew to the ball um i don't know maybe it was just a point of emphasis for them um but like nothing worked the 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 outside zone didn't work the 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 gap runs didn't work the gun change up gap runs didn't work you know like nothing nothing worked they couldn't get movement um so it was just one of those um it, but uh, now that said, on the you know you don't want to be in many dropback situations. What won the game for them, of course, or what what sealed the deal rather, was that Tyler Lockett um, uh, double move into the touchdown. I mean that was that was straight up a uh, like a uh, a full field progression. I think you had DK on a running an out route, and then Will Disley running across, essentially like a wide cross progression. And lock it is all the way on the back side of it now, but I think Gino knew that's where he was going pre-snap, though. He did. So that that's a really cool play because, as as he said in his press conference, Tyler gave him a hand signal, um, noticing that the the cornerback technique that was going to get played like a hard spot thing, and they worked that out pre-snap that okay, we're going to do the double move here, and again, the fact that you can't tell that Gino's looking for that immediately. He's really good at looking guys off and and not like getting overly excited 
like oh i've got the look like he 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 he's honest he holds the post safety and that was a be- that was, that was one of the best drives in in seahawks history in in in, in of dino's uh amazing uh, seahawks career so far where they they throw underneath they throw underneath and then they get them on the the double move where the route is very similar to Metcalf's catch where it, or it looks very similar to Metcalf's catch where he catches against uh it's basically cover four but it's um it's it's the kind of aggressive cover four that DK is getting where if I show you the cornerback is in like he's almost playing like box out trail technique is it's almost like two man like this and then the the safety is a quarter but he's way over the top and he's way yeah. over like he's just playing dk it's 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 like a like basketball kind of style double yeah. and then what was so cool is the the locket catch comes on the double move where locket shows a, a similar kind of when i come back i'm gonna i'm gonna get you and <laughs> it's a double move and the act the 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 pass from Gino is superb and you have to say as well the Goodwin drop which I at first I felt harsh calling that a drop it is a drop it goes through his hands yeah Gino's got a lot of pressure coming in his face and he he makes that accurate throw I should say the pass section was good it's just a shrinking pocket like we were talking about earlier uh Lockett's earlier uncharacteristic drop where Gino's right on the money with that absolute dime that's what we're saying. It could have been four or five touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, and also, like, even though Goodwin dropped it, but that play really shows how tough a cover he is because the corner was just off, and and Goodwin doesn't do anything special at the top of the route where he starts to break or bend a no, little he just, bit. He just runs. He just, outrun, he just outruns him. <laughs> He's just very fast, and the corner was not fast enough. Great analysis. Um. Like like here, Goodwin just gains on him the whole time, and yeah, because the corner started like here, uh, like uh, seven yards off, one yard outside. Like you should be able to play top down on a an over route where there's not much deception. He's just running down the field, but nah, yeah. Goodwin's just Goodwin's an Olympian. Like, see you later. Yeah, and unfortunately, he's got to be killing himself because he would have demonstrated. I mean. He's well, on the team. He doesn't need to be. He would have demonstrated so maybe, much value. Maybe, maybe kicking that. himself, not not um, not killing himself. Did I say kill? Oh, you did, a little... yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, slip I, of the tongue. Yeah, it was a little dark for me. Um, yeah. Kicking himself. Um, because it was just, the ball was perfect, so very frustrating. And he did what he needed to do to score the touchdown up until catching it. So He did. That's frustrating for him. And that this is the this is the sort of thing which is big to hit as well, because there's no post safety. Like they're 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 running some kind of BS yeah. defense where they're like sending. They didn't even send that much prep. Well, actually, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six. They sent seven. Um, <laughs> so it is kind of BS. And if you hit that, then it's like, you know, coach on the sidelines like, hey, coach, what what coverage was that? Um, why are we leaving Goodwin one on one with no with no coverage help? Uh, and Wink's like, "Oh, that's what we do." Yeah, but it puts some thought in their mind. The fact you miss it, then it's like, "Oh, we'll do a gat again." You're right. Now they do follow this up with two fourth down conversions, and then Geno Smith throwing a very anticipatory dig route. I think was it a mesh concept? 
in the low red zone to DK Metcalf. Yes. So he threw so that that middle linebacker starts to melt with that second crosser, and he's in the window by the time Gino starts his it throwing was, motion. That, that was absolutely beautiful. That. And then absolutely. by the time he actually throws the ball, it looks wide ass open. That's because he's in processing and anticipating. So it's just yeah, really good let's, stuff. Let's let's uh, let's let's get that up. Hold on. Dun, dun, dun. Perfect. Oh, hold on. Oh, there we go. So you can see this linebacker's like, oh, there's a crosser. Uh, and he starts feeling his way underneath that crosser. They've got underneath Lockett's other crosser, but DK creeps around the back, right into the back of the end zone. And Gino reads this so fast, by the way. Like yeah. he's, he's like, bang, Lockett, no. Bang, Eskridge, no zipped in like i was um obviously i don't know the roots so i'm playing behind when i when i first watched it i didn't know the exact pattern so but like i was still impressed with it. it's like bang bang the ball's out like with two seconds in two seconds you yeah know? which reading three roots that's impressive and like you know a tight red zone coverage where it's not um so it's many not man to parts. man there's like a lot of yeah exactly there's loads of moving parts it's not as simple as man to man so very yeah. cool yeah Yep. So awesome stuff. I think that's the offense done. We we it feels wrong to have spent only like twenty-ish minutes on the offense compared to the forty or so we did in the defense, but the offense is almost um well it's I'm not tired of it, but it's so good each week that you know it's that we must not take it for granted and don't think that by us just doing twenty minutes on it, we are taking it for granted. So, Griff, the, the Arizona Cardinals, they have uh, Nuke Hopkins. He, is, he has returned. However, he, of course, lost Hollywood Brown in the last game. It was funny hearing Pete Carroll uh, try and speak, or not try and speak, but um, speak in complimentary fashion about their offense when he was saying about how they really tried to spread the ball around and throw it all around, and they play left and right with their receivers, um, which he was like, which is just how they do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's quite odd for the NFL. Anyway, Hopkins is going to be the the left receiver, uh, and obviously he's going to get a load of targets, and I think we'll probably see Seattle cloud him, like, you know, if there were, ever was a time yeah. where they just cloud Hopkins every time, like one receiver every time, it would be Hopkins, right? Yeah, I agree. And this takes us back to the Chargers game where we, and we saw less of it this week, but when the Chargers, when we saw the um, kind of like the, uh, the, the four, two, five nickel, well, no, 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 no. It, it, it was like three, three, five nickel, but you have got Cody Barton on the field. Ooh. And with and, the, with the older uh, nickel as the second edge, with the nickel as the second edge, essentially take take the take your three four base, but then replace the the strong side linebacker outside linebacker yes. with with um, great, Kobe Bryant. Great point because Pete spoke about the importance of how they force you to cover all of the field, like like uh, and spread you out, and you have to spread your defense out, and that basically means they need to be able to cover down everywhere. 
cover down have everywhere. lots of coverage options. Right, the coverage options. Because like you said, Maddie, like you have unlimited adjusters at that point. Um, unlimited you, adjusters. You, you, you can, you, you don't become, you don't have an issue where one of your overhangs is Bruce Irvin or Chenna Nwosu or even Daryl Taylor. Like you can have, you can make sure that guy is always someone coverage oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you can cloud either side. Maybe you need to play cover two to both sides. Um, so yeah, anytime he's isolated, I expect him to be, I expect him to be um, clouded. But I wonder they haven't been isolating much, but maybe that's because Hopkins hasn't been out there. They've been doing so much two by two spread, right? So mm-hmm. I expect, um, well, not even necessarily. I'm mixing them up with the Chargers. They've been doing a lot of tight end wings. But now that he's out there, we're not going to see as much 12 personnel. It'll be more 11. Um, now, if he is isolated and say they... I mean, Woolen versus Hopkins, Griff, because yeah. it's left versus right, right? Like, that's right. going to be awesome. So, going to cloud them. They're going to play some quarter, quarters. But when they do, are they going to keep that quarter safety home and play true two-on-one, like almost cone mm. coverage on him? Yeah. If that's the case, then the next big question is if they and, and why that would out, you do that when Woolen's best route, arguably, that he covers is when he's in a press quarter and he undercuts a dig? There you go. Now we can play more aggressive on the mm. in breaking stuff. Okay, mm. good, good point. But then the fundamental question is that means the trip side, Jordan Brooks has all of number three. So we'll be seeing him taking versus three, Zach Ertz. But, well, sure. Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. But it's still speed, right? With Moore, he may not be good, but he's still speed. He is, yes. Well, so, that's cool because we get to see Brooks's amazing ability. Right. And 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 that said, when, when Brooks, they did a little bit of it last week, and Brooks still handled him just fine through two weeks, three weeks ago. Um, now, but that means if you're running off the mic and you know you're running off the mic, that's where Dagger starts to come in too. Um, right. That's where Ertz at two is going to be a problem because he'll be running the dig route from, from the, from the two. So mm-hmm. with more at three. So um, th- that just kind of goes to show the downstream effect, the domino effect that having an elite guy on the field, like Hopkins has. So I'm curious to see how they rearrange all their moving parts. Um, this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think they're going to win in the trenches, run and pass. And I think that, I don't know. They might give up an explosive or two, but I don't think they're going to give up by way of much in the dropback game. Otherwise, I mean, this Arizona team looks like a mess. Like they're three and five. Somehow, yeah. though, the 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 bookies, the sports books, apparently the Seahawks are plus one point five, so they're technically the underdog. Which I guess you know, weird weird things happen in that godforsaken stadium. But uh, yeah, odd and and you know the offense did struggle, so it will be it's it's uh it's really good to get to see the offense have a a chance at like doing a bit better because you know they, they won nineteen nine last time round. It really was kind of the defense helping. They obviously stalled in the red zone a lot. Uh, Gino went uh twenty for thirty one, one hundred ninety seven yards, zero passing touchdowns. Uh, and, and it was just that game of field goals, wasn't it? Uh, all five red zone trips they they stalled. I can't remember. I should have that up if I was a good podcaster. But uh, yeah, so but, but that's alas. an intriguing one. 
And like you, it's it's a great point. Um, thank you for watching Shane Waldron's press conference. Um, the the Giants are stylistically similar in their pressure stuff as well, and I think kind of how they last last time Arizona surprised Seattle with their variety of um, edge rushes and and how they kind of variety of rush packages right and like Marjay Sanders looked like a player didn't he and you were like oh my word. How could that ever happen? He he's not ill anymore. He now looks like a good player. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game, I think. Uh, and it, a a good test of the Seahawks. Are you for real? Are you a first place in the NFC West team? Are you worthy of a six and three title? Or are you going to lose to Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals? Yeah. Griff's done for the night, so <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in. Please do like the this video if you're watching on on the YouTube. Uh, subscribe to Matty F Brown's YouTube channel. That's that's my YouTube channel. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Matty F Brown. Follow Griffin on Twitter at C Mike Spin Move. If you're listening, you can do the same as those last two options. Yeah, no, you can do the same as all of it if you really dedicate. If you're a true overloader, and uh, if you're listening as well, give us a five star review, please. That really does help us. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in live. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be there after the game, not in Arizona, with live reaction on the YouTube channel, or you can listen to that on your Monday morning. Then, obviously, same schedule, Wednesday, new show. Thursday, live from Germany, Matthew Brown will be. That's uh, right. Thursday, we will have the Cardinals tape review, and then Sunday, the Buccaneers... And it all rolls on 